So my warning for today's episode is that it involves descriptions of cannibalism. I love cannibalism. Thank you for joining. I'm Haley. I'm Andy. And this is Dead Endings. Sorry, I just don't have excited eat people. I don't eat people. I just I think it's interesting. Well, that's why I love cannibalism. Anyways, there's an explanation. Yes. This is a very bizarre case, and I've been excited for like weeks to tell you about this. And it's funny because when I'm researching a case, it takes two to three weeks when from when I'm like researching to when we actually get to this point of recording. Because you're detailed and thorough. So it's funny to be really excited during the research to tell you about it, and then. Like, it aside for a little bit and then come back to it and then we had the delay of like re-recording certain episodes to get the sound right so this has been even more delayed yeah because i remember weeks ago finishing up the research on this and being like i'm so excited to tell andy (laughs) all right good because i'm excited to hear it so in december of 2002 police in germany received a report from an austrian college student who had seen a disturbing ad posted to a site online The ad was looking for individuals who would voluntarily be killed and eaten by the poster. The student messaged the poster, who used the name Frankie, and asked how many people he had previously slaughtered and eaten. Frankie responded that he's definitely had experience with that specific activity, and after some digging, police were able to identify the man behind the username Frankie. Armin Mivis was born on December 1st, 1961 in Essen, West Germany. He'd had a relatively normal childhood at first, living at home with his parents and two older half-brothers from his dad's previous relationship. Armin was a little boy, following his older brothers around, who he said were very loving. They played games, they built tree houses, but in the summer of 1969, when Armin was only eight years old, his whole life changed. His father packed up all of his belongings and abandoned Armin and his mother. Oh. Armin chased after his father's car, crying as his dad drove away. Armin hadn't been horribly close to his father, but he still cites this as a deeply traumatizing event of his childhood, as it understandably would be. Yeah, because no child wants to be abandoned by their parent. Also, I knew this was cannibalism when it was in Germany. Like, (laughs) Germany! Like, not... This is is pretty much the case that made Germany go hand in hand with cannibals. I love it! All right, I'm sorry, but yeah, he was traumatized and, like, abandoned. So Armin's father had also emptied the bank accounts, and his brothers had gone with their dad when he left because they had different moms, so... Oh. They went with their dad. That's a dick move to take all of the money. So he took the money, and he literally took the majority of Armin's family from him. (sighs) Rude. Like, genuinely an incredibly traumatizing experience at eight years old. Yep. So her husband leaving had a deep impact on the health of health of Armin's mother. This was her third failed marriage, and at this point, I think she was emotionally done with men in love. Fair. I think that this incident just really genuinely broke her. And because she was suffering mentally, I don't think she was able to be there for Armin in the way that he needed, because he'd been left behind too by over half his family, but she was also experiencing being left. It can be hard to see past your own grief and then want to console somebody else. So, I mean, sometimes you can when it's your child and sometimes you can't. Depends on the person. 
Yeah, and then she also had to focus all of her energy on figuring out how she was going to support herself and her child now. Yep. And just making sure that they could pay bills. They constantly worried about how they were going to afford what they needed. She had been left with the large family home, which is almost like a Tudor-style looking farmhouse with 36 rooms in all. 36 rooms? Yes. That's a lot of dust. It was huge, but don't picture like a mansion. No, no, no. Damn it, I already It am. was just like <laughs> a very large farmhouse. It wasn't in the best condition. But still cool. That's a lot of work for her, though, for one person. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, Armin was all she had. When she was a bit of a helicopter parent, before that was actually a thing, she would go everywhere with him, like places that she didn't need to be going, like parties, school, play dates, romantic dates, army training... Anything that Armin did or tried to do, his mother was there. She had started to obsess a little bit over a fantasy life that she was making up in her own head, and she pulled Armin into these fantasies by dressing both in Renaissance garb and decorating their large house, and she would see herself as kind of like a lady of important stature and would play pretend that they were having like these large parties and that Armin was a servant boy. Why? Like, I wasn't I wasn't sure what she was trying to fantasize her son as. I'm glad it's a servant boy. Also, why? Why couldn't he just be, like, the son of the important lady? Why could... What? what? I don't know. Even with his mother's constant overbearing presence, or probably because of it, Armin was a very lonely child. He found solace in little activities, and the story of Hansel and Gretel stuck with him. He would talk about his thoughts and his feelings, and this, about the story and about other things, with his imaginary brother he created named Frankie. Mm-hmm. Some other information that Armin began sharing with Frankie were his fantasies that he was developing about eating other people at his school. And it seems that he pretty much wanted to be able to absorb them so that he wasn't alone interesting but like i see the child logic frankie didn't judge him for these thoughts as your imaginary friend wouldn't he's very supportive as armin was getting older this fantasy was becoming sexual and it eventually bloomed into a full-blown paraphilia okay um which just to clarify is like a sexual fetish that's harmful or dangerous to oneself or others pedophilia would be in this category cannibalism obviously people who expose themselves to unwilling witnesses and obviously it's hard to have like a cannibalism fetish that isn't harmful right like who's gonna actually willingly like no it's okay you can eat my pinky on tuesday i don't know well we'll see oh okay (laughs) all right so men are more likely to have paraphilias but something i learned with like a quick look into this is that when women do have paraphilias it seems to be mostly sexual masochism um, which would be like having humiliation or abuse being inflicted. Okay, that's what I thought it was, but I wasn't quite sure. Like the the act of like dominance to like an aggressive amount. And I mean, some and like emphasis on some, some. paraphilias could be acted out in a healthy, consenting way. Yeah, sure. Obviously, not all of them can nope. be healthy or consenting. After finishing school, it seems like Armin was able to get away from his mother for at least a little bit, and he began to really come into his own. He was busy, he was in the army, he made connections, and he had friends, and his fantasies were starting to subside. Alright, good. Getting a life. He had taken part in a matchmaking-type service and had a brief engagement with a woman, but it didn't work out, and I think maybe after seeing his mother give up on being left 
and he had his own abandonment issues, he was probably like, okay, these relationships aren't for me. Yeah, like, the intimacy was probably a lot for him. Every woman that he did date or bring home, he said that his mother would find issues with and kind of taint them in his mind, because I do think that his mother's opinion and approval was important to him. Yeah, that makes sense. So he spent 12 years in the army when he began working as a computer repair technician, and his mother was in a car accident in 1996. Oh, He moved back home to care for her as her injuries left her unable to take care of herself, and he spent the next three years taking care of her every need. Jeez. He says that this time in his life was exhausting because his mother seemed like she constantly needed one thing after another. Just every few minutes he would sit down and she would immediately need him to do something else for her. I think that maybe she just wanted human connection, And that Armin, by that point, was still her only source of it. And if you have one single person that you're relying on for everything, it's just not going to be good. No, it's super, it's super exhausting. So in 1999, she passed away. Mm -hmm. Armin found himself in his late 30s living alone in this large home and the fantasies began to creep back in. Armin attended a party in the year after his mother died and spoke with a friend there about how he was questioning his own sexuality and believed he might be gay. He spoke about how he was talking to people online, and his friend and his friend's wife visited Armin at his home not long after the party, but they said that Armin tried to show them some disturbing car accident videos he found online, and it seems like his home was reflecting his mental state as well. They said that it was cluttered and dirty. They said that there was, like, cat shit everywhere, and it smelled. Oh, gross. The friend's wife said, though, that she passed by Armin's mother's room and that it was, like, in pristine condition as if his mom had only just stepped out and would be back in any moment, but that the rest of the house was just chaos and destruction. Armin had begun spending a lot of time online and became interested in the chat room type communities as well as pornography. He began regularly visiting a site called the Cannibal Cafe, which is now defunct. It doesn't, it's not there anymore. Good. (laughs) Um, Armin was amazed at all the different ads he saw on these sites, and he would meet with other men and hook up, but none of the men he hooked up with were interested in actually making any of their cannibal fantasies a reality. But Armin's desire to consume another person just continued to grow. He did meet with a few people. He said that, like, one man wanted him to stick pins in him, labeling the different parts of his body as if they were meat, but he didn't actually want to be eaten. But the, did he get to do it? Did he get to do the acupuncture? Yeah. Fun. So in 2001, Armin posted an ad of his own on the site under his username Frankie, stating that he was looking for a willing participant of an average build, preferably from the ages of 18 to 25, who was willing to be slaughtered and eaten by Armin. Armin actually did get a handful of responses. He even met with one man who had agreed to be eaten, and after Armin picked him up from the train station, they hooked up, they got to know each other as Armin led the man to the room that he had set up purposefully for slaughtering. Like slaughtering, yeah. He, I guess, began to wrap him in plastic wrap, and the man changed his mind and backed out, and Armin let him go. They hooked up again, they had dinner, they chatted, they hung out for a while, the man got back on the train and left, and they went their separate ways. Okay, so he's like, I actually don't want you to eat me, but that sex was pretty good. You want to go at that again? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Nice, alright. I mean, at least Armin was totally, like, you know, willing to let them back out. An Italian man responded to Armin's post with some suggestions of what Armin could do to him involving a lot of graphic details involving a flamethrower, a hammer, and some nails, but this was apparently too much for Armin, 
uh, he wasn't into that and didn't proceed any further with the Italian man. That's... He was like, I'm just looking to eat somebody. You're being really weird. Yes. <laughs> so finally in March, Armin received a response that he felt good about. The man wrote, dinner or your dinner, question mark, and said that he was offering Armin the chance to eat him alive. All right. Bern Brandes was a 43-year-old German engineer. Bern had come from a sad family, just like Armin. When he was only five years old, his mother had committed suicide, and his father was not the type to talk about it or feelings, and he refused to discuss his mother's death with Bern. So, both, like, both emotionally absent parents. He essentially just had to act like she'd never existed or she never killed herself. Like, they just didn't talk about his mom. That's rough. Which you can't do if you have a five-year-old who loses their parent. You have to talk to them about it. Yep. Byrne had come out in a way to his fiance in 1996. He'd been engaged to a woman with plans to get married, but he confessed to her one day that he was also attractive to men, and it seems like he kind of came out as bisexual. I don't know if he was bi or if he was gay. I know that a lot of people, when they first come out of the closet, use that bi identification as a stepping stone. Yep. Which is fine. And if you consider, to the time period of 2000 or late 90s... It's not as accepting as it is you, now. It wasn't easy to just come out of the closet. And even yeah. now it's not easy. But, yeah. But Byrne's father was not okay with the news regarding his son's sexuality. And he just wrote him off and cut off contact with his child. So his only another parent. Parent, yeah. The relationship with his fiance was ended, and he not long after began dating a man that he had met online. Byrne shared his partner shared with his partner his fantasies that involved pain and mutilation. His partner said that Byrne, on multiple occasions, tried to pay him to bite Byrne's penis off, huh. but his partner wasn't interested in doing so. He's like, "No, pair, I like that on you. Yeah. You keep that on you." <laughs> The pair were together for three years when the relationship eventually ended, in part due to the growing discomfort over Byrne's interest in self-mutilation in relation to sex. Fair. I mean, that can probably make a majority of people really uncomfortable. But if you're not sexually compatible with somebody, especially to that degree, that's going to add a, a lot, lot of stress. Yeah. So in early 2001, Byrne was living with his new boyfriend in an apartment that the two shared in Berlin. In the weeks leading up to his visit with Armin, Byrne had bought a new television as well as some new kitchen equipment for their apartment, and he gave no sign that he knew his life would be ending. Byrne hadn't told his partner anything about plans to meet with Armin, but later Byrne's partner did discover his will written out, and his partner said that the pair never had any issues regarding pain or mutilation playing a part in their sex life. It just wasn't brought into the relationship, it seems. Okay. Which could have possibly been Byrne trying to, like, heal himself and stay away from his dark fetish, or even just trying to keep it separate, especially after his last relationship ended, in part due to it. Right. I could see him being like, oh, no, I guess I don't bring this into the relationship. If I want somebody to stay with me, this has to be separate. I could see that. On March 9th, 2001, Byrne boarded a train and traveled to meet with Armin to fulfill their very twisted fantasies. Armin picked up Byrne from the train station and the pair went back to Armin's house. According to Armin, he was hoping to spend the week with Byrne and get to know him, but supposedly Byrne was ready to get down to business and told Armin that he was sexually aroused at the thought of being eaten. So Armin set up a video camera, which the pair had discussed doing prior to meeting. Make me a sandwich. Like, get it? Yeah. Make me a sandwich. <laughs> Armin began filming while the two sat and chatted, and on the tape they talked about their fantasies, and Byrne gives Armin consent to eat him. 
after an intimate encounter between the pair, Vern starts to question whether Armin is the right person to go down this path with. It seems like he felt like Armin wasn't being forceful enough. What? I want you to eat me, but you're not being forceful about it enough? That they was, heard. I guess, just from their intimate encounter. He felt he wasn't, like, dominant enough. I guess. I mean... So they actually ended up leaving the house, but then Byrne changes his mind. They go back to the house. On the way there, they stop by a store. They get some sleeping pills and some alcohol. Okay. They arrive back at Armin's, and they decide to begin. And this is all going to be really rough, so I apologize in advance. I'm interested. I'm in it. Byrne downs the sleeping pills and alcohol, and keeping in mind that he does have a history of getting off on pain... He and Armin decide together that they will start by cutting off Byrne's penis. Armin takes a knife and does so. Byrne yells out for a moment in pain and says that he can't see. But after a moment, he calms down, possibly the pills are kicking in, and Byrne says that it didn't hurt for as long or as much as he expected it to. Uh, That's so weird. So then Armin, I believe, sautés the penis. Okay. And both Byrne and Armin taste it and attempt to eat it. But I guess it tastes exactly how you would imagine a cooked penis would taste. Awful. The texture wasn't great, so they abandoned that course of action. With the meds and alcohol definitely in full swing now, Armin runs Byrne to bath and helps him in. Armin leaves Byrne in the bathtub with the expectation that he'll bleed out and die. Armin waits a while, just sort of hangs out. He says that during this waiting time, he caught up on his reading a little... And he was reading a Star Trek novel. Oh my god. Which my dad had a bunch of. I can clearly see them sitting in the basement bookshelf of my house. So that was a weird detail for me of like, oh, that seems too realistic. Anyway, Bird was hanging in a lot longer than I think either of them expected. Well, yeah, because like, that's a huge, well, it's not a source of blood, but like, you'd expect to bleed out pretty soon from your penis. I don't know. I mean, I would. I don't know. See, I wouldn't expect someone to just bleed out easily from having their penis cut off. I feel weird, too, now asking, but, like, was was the penis hard or soft before he cut it? Because maybe that like could have... Like, blood con- flow? Yeah, the blood flow, yeah. Like, maybe that could have contributed. Maybe if it was harder, it would have... He was faster. sexually aroused at the thought of being eaten. So. so it must have. I imagine it didn't stay for very long. I'm not laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's, so it's very bizarre. So, Vern was hanging in a lot longer. Armin decided to take things into his own hands. And all of this still being on tape, keep in mind. Oh, they're taping it. Yes. Armin goes up to Vern, who by this point is not conscious, but still alive. Armin kisses Vern on the forehead and then cuts his throat. That's kind of like putting him out of his misery. So because this was planned ahead of time, Armin had a space set up for the dissection of Byrne's body. Armin hung Byrne's body upside down, I believe from a meat hook. He removed the head and then sectioned it down the center into two halves, after which he packaged it as you would any type of animal meat. All of this still on video, the length of which was at least four hours long. Oh my gosh. Armin prepared his first meal consisting of Vern's flesh. He treated it as though it was almost like a ceremony, not like a cult-type thing, but like a very formal event. 
I'm, he wants to honor his meat. He wants to honor his victim. He set the table with a nice table setting and plates and candles. He poured himself a glass of red wine. And Armin later in interviews described what the human meat tasted like. But I'm not going to share that because it doesn't seem like a super pertinent detail. And you just can't eat people. No yeah, matter no, what they taste like. I don't, I don't plan on eating <laughs> people, but I want to know. <laughs> Burned was reported missing within two days of leaving for Armin by his boyfriend. But Burned had deleted his internet history and he was a grown man. So his disappearance wasn't really... Like, it didn't really worry anybody else. So no one was really looking for Byrne, and now Armin was in the clear. Over the following months, Armin continued to prepare himself meals using the meat he took from Byrne's body. Armin said that eating Byrne made him feel like he had created this inseparable bond with him, and he said that after he ate Byrne, who spoke very clear English, that Armin's own English improved, which was psychosomatic. Yeah. Armin ate a total of 44 pounds of meat from Byrne before police showed up. That is a lot so of much. It's a lot of that's a lot. Sir, what the fuck? It's weird to eat any of it, but you ate forty-four pounds. Also, you can create inseparable bonds with people without eating them. <laughs> uh, six police officers searched the home for an hour and a half and they discovered weird looking meat in his freezer. Which he originally tried to be like, oh, that's pig meat. And one of the um, officers was a female who also, like, had children. And she was like, I'm a housewife as well. That's not pig meat. Uh, poor lady. Yeah. They found in his yard a skull, some other bones, and some organs. And he was arrested. Armin made a call to his lawyer, Harold Ermel. And Armin asked Ermel if he would represent Armin if Armin had killed a man. And Ermel was like... What have you done, Armin? <laughs> and Armin was like, well, I killed a man. <laughs> and Ermel, to, like, lighten the conversation, was like, and where do you have him now? In the freezer? And Armin was like, yeah, I do. Oh, my gosh. He's like, I have his leg in the freezer and his arm in the fridge. So cannibalism wasn't illegal in Germany. No. So they charged Armin with manslaughter for the death of Burned, and then a charge of disturbing the peace of the dead was added for the whole eating him part. Disturbing the peace of the dead. Yes. Did they make cannibalism illegal after this? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they're like, nah, that was a cool charge. We can just do that again. We're just going to keep charging people with disturbing the peace of the dead. The case went to trial as Armin and his lawyer argued that there wasn't really a crime because Byrne consented to his death and the cannibalization of his body. And there was the tape recording showing that Byrne was consenting and willing up to the, at least up until the time he lost consciousness. Yeah. Only 19 minutes of the four plus hour video was shown to the jury during the trial. And some of the jury members sought out therapy after seeing what little bit of the video they did. Which is sad that they had to be exposed to something that was so mentally damaging, but like good for them for seeking, seeking help out to therapy. Process it. Yeah. I can't imagine what therapist was good at like helping them through that, but I'm a little bit of a cannibal connoisseur myself. <laughs> Rumors were that the tape had been completely destroyed after the trial, but that seems unlikely, and the police said that it was just securely locked away to prevent it from being leaked, but screenshots of the footage have gotten out. Did you um, see that? I'm pretty sure I've seen screenshots. I've not, like, looked aggressively to see if they are real. Probably don't want to hurt your psyche too much. 
I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen one that is very real of the processing part. Yeah. But supposedly, to people who've seen the video, it clearly shows Byrne giving his consent, and the tape corroborates all of Armin's claims about how everything took place. How long was Armin sentenced again? So, Armin was found guilty of manslaughter and the disturbing the peace charge, and was sentenced to serve eight and a half years in prison. Eight and a half? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, that's just, like, incredible, because my brother sentenced six and a half, right? And that's yeah, for, some <laughs> for drugs! Yeah! But eight and a half, okay, well, I mean, it is consensual, so I get, like, it was, it, it was, until he was unconscious. The prosecution appealed the charges, and they were able to get the charge changed from manslaughter to first-degree murder, and then he was sentenced to life in prison. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I, that is weird, but justice like justice systems in other countries too. Oh, uh, I feel I feel kind of I don't know I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is a very confusing situation. Cause a part of me is like, I it was consensual. So Armin made the news again in recent years after the public found out that he was being allowed out of the prison for day trips. He would be given sunglasses and a hat and driven to another town where he was allowed to walk around while under supervision to get some fresh air and some sunshine. Some members of the public were very angered and concerned by this. Which I understand in a way, but again, like, the way he went about finding his victims was very, like, direct. Yeah. And I'll share more of my feelings. Okay. I okay. have, like, a few more things to... Oh, you're right, yeah. But, Sorry, yeah. I'm just... No, it's okay. I'm so excited. Is, yeah, it's... <laughs> it you're is fine. so interesting. Um, after spending some time in prison and being able to reflect, Armin has supposedly been coming to terms with what he's done and realizing the full weight of his actions. He's expressed regret and is getting mental help that I think he has been clearly long overdue for. Yes. He says that anyone with similar fantasies to his own should seek help and not act on them. He's become vegetarian. Oh, that's fair. Which might just be a way of, I can't eat this type of meat, so I won't eat any type of meat. That's also another way to look at it, yeah. Um, so setting aside the fact right now that just on a moral level we shouldn't eat people, you're you're also not supposed to eat people. Like, it's not healthy to eat Yeah, don't eat people. Um. It's okay to be interested in other people that have eat people. Yeah. I'm justifying myself here. (laughs) You get all sorts of diseases from eating people. Yeah. also, according to the old Christians Club Rugby Union, whose plane crashed in the Andes Mountain in 1972, they had to resort to cannibalism for survival. They say it super messes up your digestive system, and not to mention your psyche, but some of them reported having constipation that lasted up to 35 days. Oh, gross. Yeah. It's like your body's telling you, this Don't isn't, people. this isn't supposed to be people. my body. <laughs> So, this case has led to a huge debate in what sort of charges Armin should have faced and whether his sentencing was fair, whether he's a danger to society. It doesn't really bother me that he gets day trips. Like, I'm I'm more concerned how Burns family feels about it. Right. But I, I do feel like the way that Armin went about it was as respectful as he could have been. Yes. However, so the way that I look at the whole, okay, Byrne consented. Byrne was unconscious when he was killed. Right. So when it comes to, I'm going to talk about sexual assault for just a second for yep. the trigger warning. You can agree to have sex with somebody, but if you get unconscious, that consent doesn't exist anymore. That person can't just continue. No, that's absolutely fair. That's so true. with this, like, yeah, burned consented, but burned was unconscious at the time that 
his death happened. Right. Right. And you also have to say, okay, was Byrne mentally stable? Was he because he was under actually sleeping pills? Even just and I mean even even before that, wanting to be killed. I mean, as a sign that somebody needs help. Was that somebody who was mentally and emotionally damaged? That was just easy to. I don't think Armin purposefully targeted somebody like that, but easy prey. You can't quite say that Byrne just consented because there's lots of arguments that he was not in a state to consent just because of his mental emotional health. He wasn't in a state to consent because of the drugs and alcohol. He wasn't in a state to consent because he was unconscious. I don't think that Armin, if he was released, is going to go out and like slaughter people and eat them. I don't think that he necessarily has a place in society. I don't think he should necessarily spend the rest of his life in prison. No, I feel that. But I do, I do see your point where it is, it's not just he consented. Because you're right, like, he was under sleeping pills. But, like, also my brain is, like, they were just waiting for him to bleed out. So it was kind of like a mercy. But, again, yeah, yeah you're right. That's a really good point. Yeah. I just, I've never, I've never heard of cannibalism unless you absolutely had to. Or, like, of course, like, there's Jeffrey Dahmer where, like, you know, he's super common and everybody's heard his story. I've never heard about a a cannibalism, somebody who's into cannibalism going about this way, and it's just so interesting. And it's also very interesting that somebody created a whole ass server for cannibalism, cannibal cafe, yeah, Yeah. website. So it's just, it's weird to know that people fetishize that. I don't fetishize it, I'm just genuinely interested in, like, the the process that goes in the brain to want to fetishize that. Like, that's what I'm curious, and that's what I get excited about. And that's, so for this, what is especially fascinating to me is to think about the traumas that they experienced in each of their childhoods. Right. And how that played a factor. What type of factor did it? How did both of these individuals get so psychologically damaged to this point? To want to mutilate themselves or be mutilated. That I'm not angry at either of them. It's just like, what happened? Yes, absolutely. I don't, and that's that's another cool thing about this case too is because we usually when there comes to like the murderer and the victims we are like oh my gosh like that was ridiculous that person is a very bad person Mm -hmm. they did very bad things and they were very messed up at the time but these guys were messed up at the time but they seemed so sure of themselves that it's like so bizarre and so interesting that it's it is a very it's a very interesting case yeah i low-key love it (laughs) i don't like i don't love how it played out but like I mean, I was I wasn't even born when all of this played out. There's you were. <laughs> I was literally I was born. I was like one year. I was a couple months. Yeah, it I happened in two thousand and one. It oh yeah no okay so, so I was a couple years old but like still I was just yeah. a child. It's fine. I remember seeing this case at like a weirdly young age. <laughs> like on the news. I or don't like... know if I caught it on the news or if I caught on a magazine cover or something. But I remember this being, like, one of the very early things that I looked up when I was 13 and got access to the internet. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know why, but this is... It's one of the things that popped up. This has been in and out of my head for, like, (laughs) a long time now. Are you glad that you got it out? Yeah. I'm glad, too. (laughs) Thank you for telling me. (laughs) This is freaking neat. Oh my gosh. Also, do you think he cleaned his house before he gave Burns? Like, he let Burns in? No. Ah, so sad. Cause um, you can actually look up on YouTube. There's videos of, even in, like, recent years, of people who have gone into his house because it is still standing 
it was never sold, there's still things of his in the house. Because it's technically still his property. It's He's super the only... abandoned. It's super probably not stable or safe to go into, but yeah. there's videos of people going in and like... Looking around. Just looking around. It's interesting. I really hope like... There's lots of graffiti. That's what I feel bad about though is I wonder if Armin, like Armin didn't have... I wonder if he had the chance to like, get some of his memorabilia and some things that were very important to him, like into storage. Oh no. And that makes me sad. Like I know <laughs> I know that he ate a person and I know that like he slaughtered them, but it makes me sad for Armin because some people like it's understandable to want to go into abandoned buildings. But this is still his home and like I mean he's getting life, but what yeah, if he's not going back? He's to not that going. Home. He's just I don't know, there's all of this stuff left. Yeah, it's very bizarre. It's so weird. Stop vandalizing his stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That is another ending to another Dead Endings. Thank you for joining us and listening. You can follow our website at deadendings.com. You can follow us on Instagram at deadendings. Um, or you can send us an email at deadendingspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Rapper. Yeah, let us know your opinions on whether Armin should be spending the rest of his life in prison. Whether you think that Byrne was capable of consenting. I'm very interested in other people's opinions. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. still... My, yeah, my hands are up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks.